Coming up on this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the Cybertruck has been unveiled and I was lucky enough to be there to witness it. I'll give you my first-hand impressions of Tesla's latest vehicle, including details of my test ride. Stay tuned. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey with you for episode 225 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. It's November 24th, 2019, and I am back here in San Francisco alongside Daisy the Boxer Puppy, and I am exhausted. I flew back this morning after a very long and uh, very interesting evening last night at the Cybertruck reveal event down in Hawthorne, California at the Tesla Design Studio. Indeed, the Cybertruck is here. It is making news everywhere for <laughs> various reasons. So uh, we'll get to all that. But first, let me tell you a little bit about the event. So I'd gotten there very, very early because I just flew in and had nowhere else to be, nothing else to do. That was the one place I, I wanted to be. So got there and, and got queued up and uh, had a good time chatting with people in line. Some people I knew, some people I didn't. And when, when check-in finally happened, they, they didn't open the doors right away, so they had kind of the outside area in front of the design studio where the superchargers normally are, just as a, as a you know, just a plaza, effectively. And they had some Blade Runner prop cars out there. They had a working Tesla coil out, out sort of on the, on the edge of, of the property where uh, they actually had these people come in these specialized suits with swords, actual swords, and they would fire up the Tesla coil and they were arcing the, the, the electricity and it was just super cool to see. And there was a DeLorean there that was kitted out to look like the Back to the Future DeLorean. And so uh, there was also, by the way, a, uh, there was a noodle bar with cool cyberpunk looking neon signage. So there was... It was a really neat vibe at this event. And of course, some of the attendees dressed up in cyberpunk attire. So it was a really unique vibe compared to most of the, the uh, Tesla events. In fact, I mean, compared to the Model Y event, in, in basically every way, it was, it was just night and day. The Model Y event was very kind of subdued and laid back and just sort of, you know, f almost formal. And this was very much a, a themed party that happened to have a crazy truck at the, at the end of the night. But uh, yeah, so I saw that, I, you know, of course I'm over checking out the DeLorean. I always have to take a look at a DeLorean anytime I see one. And I was just like, I'm thinking, why is this here? This doesn't make sense. It's not, it's 1980s pop culture Americana. It's not science, well, it's not cyberpunk, that's for sure. I guess time travel's pretty sci-fi, as far as we all know. But it's like, this doesn't fit the motif at all. Why is this here? It doesn't make sense. Like, the Tesla coil, sure, that makes sense. The Blade Runner prop cars, those make sense. But, well, now I know why. I would come to learn why there was a DeLorean out front. Well, and if you're wondering, Ryan, what do you mean by that? I haven't been paying super close attention yet. I've, I've heard some stuff. Well, I will explain. Let me tell you about what this thing is. Let me give you my opinion on it, because as Elon warned us, it was going to be very different than anything else out there, 
and he did not mislead us in any way, shape, or form on that. It very much is. So, the Cybertruck, it is a full-size pickup truck. The base sort of core specifications on this thing, you've got a rear-wheel drive single motor as the base option, which is going to get about 250 miles of range, do zero to 60 in six and a half seconds, which will make it the slowest Tesla, which is, okay, that makes sense because it's a big, heavy truck. And, but here's the thing, the, the biggest sort of oohs and ahs of the entire evening, of the entire 18 or so minute presentation, was the last thing uh, that flashed on the screen. Uh, well, before the one more thing, which I'll get to, but the base price of that rear wheel drive, single motor, 250 mile range Cybertruck, $39,900. So it is way more affordable than I thought. And this again, harkens back to my interview with Elon from June when he said, we wanted to have the, you know, be a better truck than the F-150, be a better sports car than the Porsche 911, and start it under $50,000. And sure enough, they've not only done that, but exceeded it by quite a bit. $39,900 for the base model with a late 2021 production start. That is the intention. Of course, it's Tesla time. You know, that could, could be later. Although, again, with the Model Y, the Model Y moved up. So for now, we'll take that at face value. So, uh, yeah, it's two-year wait on that. The dual-motor version, all-wheel drive, dual-motor, 300-mile Cybertruck, 0 to 60 in a very robust 4.5 seconds. Price on that, the base price, $49.9. Uh, by the way, all these prices, again, base prices, it's another 7000 if you order now to add on your full self-driving package. Same thing there, late 2021, start of production. And then... An all-wheel drive tri-motor version, three motors, the Plaid setup, although the word Plaid was never mentioned by Tesla, by Elon, by anybody during this presentation, but triple motor setup, 500 miles, zero to 60 in about 2.9 seconds. Again, this is a full-size truck with 30-something inch tires and wheels on it. And the price on that, $69,900. I paid more than that for my Performance Model 3. That's, you know, the P3Ds come down in price, but the, the, when I, you know, the, the, initially the P3D cost more than that. So uh, that is crazy. Now, that, what's, what's also interesting here is the production start time on that. They, Tesla is not starting with the most expensive tricked out version. That will instead come quite a bit later, late 2022, for the tri-motor Cybertruck. So if you want the bad boy version, it's going to be a, a, an extra wait. You're looking at about a three-year wait. Uh, I would presume that is due to the battery requirements, both the, the sort of production volume of kilowatt hours that will be needed, because we don't know how large these pack sizes are, but for a vehicle of this size... Uh, and and wait, it is probably not going to be an insignificant amount of batteries, and the just it might this the the plaid version the the tri motor version might need advanced battery chemistry that is on the way a bit later. So that is that that that's just me speculating. That might not necessarily be the case, but that's certainly a plausible explanation. It's a valid theory for now, 
as of course we know that the plaid powertrain development which of the the, the chassis i mean it's it won't share anything they won't just move the the chassis over from the plaid s cuz this thing as i'm going to explain here in a minute has its own very unique structure in fact it has no frame uh the very interesting bit about about the orders that tesla is taking the reservations it is a $100 refundable deposit. I absolutely did not think that Tesla would do that for a vehicle this far out, meaning make it that low of a price. Because right now, you know, recently Tesla changed to a $100 non-refundable deposit if you order a 3S or X today. So a refundable $100 deposit is all it takes to get in line for the Cybertruck and to me, that suggests that Tesla is and projects to be in good financial health because uh, I really think they could have easily charged $1,000 and still gotten plenty of re- reservations. They, I mean, look, look at the Model 3. They got 400-something thousand reservations at $1,000 a pop, and you know they've had no trouble selling Model 3, so... Just $100. Of course, I, I have to say, too, I don't think... You might think, well, all right, well, they're they're doing the $100 deposit so that they can flaunt some big fancy number on an earnings call or, or a quarterly earnings report later. I don't think that's going to be the case because with the Y, the Roadster, and the Semi, Tesla's been keeping the reservation numbers a secret. They have not been giving out the the number of reservations that they have on the books for any of the cars. Remember, they they did it with Model 3 initially and then backed off of it after a while because they felt like the number was kind of being used against them. If I, I think I'm paraphrasing Elon correctly from one of the earnings calls. So there you go. It is, uh, it is not a significant investment to secure your place in line for the Cybertruck. Now, let's talk more about exactly what this thing's got besides its drivetrain. Model S-style self-presenting door handles that come out to greet you. We know that Franz loves those. He had said uh, at an event, gosh, what would that have been? It had been two or three years ago now. It was a, an event he spoke at that I attended at the factory where he, he, he specifically said, yeah, I, that's, I love that feature on the S, how the car greets you effectively. So... Uh, that is no doubt a, a Franz choice there to include the Model S style handles. The towing capacity on the Cybertruck, up to 14,000 pounds if you hold out for the tri-motor version. The base model, 7,500 pound towing capability. The dual motor model, which is more than likely going to be probably the, the most commonly ordered variant of it. Just if I had to guess, you know, it's 300 miles and good performance and pretty good uh, towing capacity as well, 10,000 miles on that. So uh, there you go on the towing capacity if you're curious there. Now the bed of the truck itself, it is referred to at Tesla as the vault because it has a retracting cover. It can be sealed in there. You can any you know you can seal in your your uh, bed contents. It's got a ramp built into it that folds right back up into the truck. And the rear suspension, it has a dynamic air suspension all around. It can raise up pretty high and come down pretty low. And 
the car can sit down where the front can come up and the rear can squat all the way down in order to create a little, uh, a nice easy ramp to, uh, to, you know, to hop in there or to, to, you know, roll something up in there, whether it's a dirt bike, lawnmower, or maybe something else that I will talk about in just a second. Also, the cover in the vault that goes over it will optionally be a solar panel that can generate power for the truck. Elon following up the event on Twitter saying there will be an option to add solar power that generates 15 miles per day, possibly more. I would love for this to be self-powered. Uh, adding fold-out solar wings would generate 30 to 40 miles per day, and the average miles per day in the United States, he notes, is 30. Now, there's also a, going to be a camping op uh, option package. With a, If you look on the Cybertruck website on tesla.com slash Cybertruck, you can see if you scroll down, you look at the pictures, you see there's sort of a, a camping mode, a, a camping configuration that looks very interesting. You can do a lot of stuff with that. This thing's also packing Tesla armor glass, which is transparent metal, per Tesla's words. To test this out, Tesla had set up uh, just separate on sort of a, a cart. They rolled up a piece of regular automotive glass and put it under a very tall tube that, uh, that had some little holes in it where they had a gentleman climb up a ladder and drop a, a steel ball, a polished steel ball down onto it. So for the, for the regular automotive truck glass, they just did it fairly low. They just did it in the, was the first or second hole, you know, maybe two, three feet up in the air. And they dropped it, bam, grass, glass cracks big time, easily. So then they start, of course, they, then they wheel in a cart with the Tesla glass, the Tesla armor glass affixed to it, and they drop, drop the, uh, the ball in the glass. It bounces off, and so then they just kept moving it all the way up, and they dropped it from probably, oh, at least 15 feet up in the air, and it just bounced off of the glass. So that was pretty cool, but then things, this is where things took a little bit of a turn, and uh, it's, it did not go according to plan at all. So Elon asked Franz to take the large polished steel ball and throw it at the side passenger glass to again demonstrate on the actual Cybertruck rather than just a detached piece of glass that's affixed to a cart. So uh, this is what happened when that little portion of the presentation started. Uh, Franz, could you try to break this glass, please? Yeah. Sure? Yeah. Oh my fucking God. Well, maybe that was a little too hard. <laughs> Should we try it in the rear? <laughs> it didn't go through. That's so that was, a, that was a plus side. Let's try the right. Try that one, really? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Oh man, it didn't go through. <laughs> All right. <laughs> eh, not bad. <laughs> uh, room for improvement. <laughs> 
All right, uh, let's see. So, yeah. Uh, we, we actually throw everything. We threw wrenches. Uh, we threw everything. We even literally threw the kitchen sink at the at the, the, the glass, and it didn't break. For some weird reason, it broke. Now I don't know why. <laughs> you know, just fix it in post. <laughs> so this was obviously a bummer. The room kind of everybody in the room was kind of like sort of quiet and like, uh, <laughs> was this? I don't think that was supposed to happen. And so I was standing, I was maybe 15 feet from the, 10, 15 feet from the stage. And then, so, so I, and I, and I was ordered, I was off on the right. So, or if you're looking at the stage, I was on the right. I never, I don't know if that's, that's, I guess that would be stage left is the side I was on. So I had a pretty good look at it. Um, so I was, I was over on the side, the, the back of the truck side of things, uh, on that side of the stage, but I had a pretty good look at it and I was like, Oh, I don't think that was supposed to happen. And I have to say, I thought Elon took it pretty well. He followed up on Twitter afterwards because obviously everyone was asking the question and he did finally reply to someone. And he said, we threw the same steel ball at the same window several times right before the event. And it didn't even scratch the glass. So presumably uh, and this was actually, there's a person on the Tesla Reddit that claimed they spoke to, uh, one of the engineers at the event and this, you know, suspected exactly what, what you're probably thinking right now, which is just kind of, it, it had st- stressed enough from the rehearsals that it finally gave when they, when they threw the ball at it, uh, at, and the, in the actual event. So that was a bummer, and that's been headlines everywhere. That's uh, you know Tesla's getting. In fact, I wanted to pull up real quick, just to as a, as a quick aside. You know, I don't want to get too deep into this, but you know the 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 uh, the subject of the media and how they treat Tesla comes up a lot in discussion in the Tesla community and how fair or not, mostly not, the media tends to be to them. So. If you go on YouTube and just search Cybertruck, so I did that because I was looking for the raw, the actual source audio, I should say, of the presentation, because I wanted to pull some clips for you. And this is, so when you type in Cybertruck on YouTube right now, at least here as of Friday night, listen to this. So you got the top two videos are from Bloomberg Technology. You've got... It's Munster, who's an analyst. The headline is, Munster says Tesla Cybertruck launch was, quote, painful to watch. Bloomberg Technology is the next video. What went wrong with Tesla's Cybertruck launch? CNN's the next video down. Tesla's, quote, unbreakable window demo goes horribly wrong. Bloomberg Technology. Boy, Bloomberg's all over this. Uh, is the, the fourth video. Watch the Tesla Cybertruck's windows get smashed. Okay, that's, I guess, pretty, you know, that's a description of what happened. Uh, the next video down from Bloomberg TikTok. I guess they put that on their TikTok social media platform, but just throw it on YouTube. See Tesla's wacky electric Cybertruck in action. Then you've got The Verge with their first ride video. Okay. Next video after that is Today, meaning the Today Show on on NBC. Tesla Cybertruck event doesn't go as planned. Okay, that's that's fair. Uh, you, you keep going down. Ta- Time Magazine is one of the top ones here at the bottom of this initial list. 
Elon Musk hilariously botches the new Tesla Cybertruck reveal. So, you know, it's it's a it's a very telling story about how the the media handles this. But anyway, I mean, that's not to I'm not going to stand here and say it it wasn't a bad it wasn't bad because it wasn't great. Now you could argue you could take the real sort of optimistic pro Tesla stance of well it just got it got even more attention on the event, which is true. Um, but, uh, you know, I would echo what a lot of folks in the community have said, which was that demo, you know, Franz throwing the, the steel balls at the windows was unnecessary. It was sort of a, it was a high risk, low reward because they'd just done the, gla- the, the glass demonstration of dropping, you know, dropping the, the steel balls in the from the tube, you know, up on the ladder. So they didn't need to hurl them at the truck, and unfortunately, it went it went awry for Tesla. But uh, the next part, this is where it gets fun, and this is where I've really started to warm up over the last twenty. It's about it's been now tw- exactly twenty four hours. In fact, as I'm recording right now, the event started exactly twenty four hours ago. So. Uh, you want to know about the truck's size and what it's made out of? Take a listen to this. So we'll start off with the size, the dimensions, and the inspiration. So the, the functionality I'm going to describe is within a space that is less than the most po- popular pickup truck in the United States, the F-150. So we didn't cheat in either width, height, or length. And we're able to achieve much greater capability in the same same dimensions, same weight. Yeah. The, the part of this is, is, is the, the fundamental design change. Uh, we moved the mass to the outside. We created an exoskeleton. So normally the way that a truck is designed you have a body on frame, you have a bed on frame, and the, the, the body and the bed don't do anything useful. They're, they're carried like cargo, like a sack of potatoes. It, it was the way that aircraft used to be designed, the, it, when they had biplanes, basically. The, the key to creating an effective monoplane was a stressed skin design. You, you move the stress to the outside skin. It allows you to do things that you can't do with a body on frame. So we're able to make the, the skin out of uh, thick, ultra-hard stainless steel. It's really hard. <laughs> we're going to show you just how hard. So yes, my friends, the entire Cybertruck is stainless steel, and it's part of the exoskeleton there is no frame, so it is crazy strong, and they're using 30 times cold-rolled stainless steel, the same stuff that is going into use on SpaceX's Starship. It is bulletproof, which they did not demonstrate live, they showed a video, and sledgehammer-proof, which they did. That was what you heard alluded to by Elon at the end there, but it didn't make for good audio, so I didn't want to leave it. Um, to, I didn't want to play it for you. But yes, uh, Franz von Holzhausen took a large sledgehammer and took uh, a good two whacks at the f- driver's door. And uh, no joke, you can see it. I mean, it, it bounces off the door. 
It, it does not leave anything on it. It bounced off the door. It was pretty wild. So I have to stop right here to talk about this. So, and I'm going to get, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm risking making the show about me a little bit, but I just can't help it. This is an, this is an unbelievable moment. I never thought I would see another car ever made with stainless steel body panels ever again, because it, it lasts too long. Cars are made, uh, you know, tr for, for some sort of planned obsolescence, right? That's how car companies make money. But first, back up a quick second. First, the Model X became the, the first volume production car to have gullwing doors since, yes, you guessed it, the DeLorean. If, uh, for those of you that are newer listeners, I owned a DeLorean for 12 years. It was my dream car as a kid from seeing Back to the Future. I was so lucky to have one. It's been a huge part of my life. Uh, I was so lucky to have it for my entire 20s. It means a lot to me. It's very near and dear to my heart. And uh, so the Model X, first production gullwing door. Of course, they're Falcon wings. They have that extra hinge, but it's the same thing. You know, gullwing doors. So that was always cool to me. I always loved that, obviously. that, that uh, I'm a big fan of gullwing doors and, by extension, Falcon wing doors because they, they're actually, to me, more at least on the DeLorean, they were more convenient than regular doors because they only needed... 12 inches of clearance away from the car to fully open. So you could park nice and tight on a, like on a, in the next to a wall in a parking garage and give your, give yourself some room on the other side to stay away from the other car. So they don't door ding you. And you could just open the door all the way, get in and out. No problem. And the model X of course tries to do this as well with the Falcon wing hinge where it can really just, again, same thing. It only needs, only needs about a foot of clearance away from the car. So there's that little DeLorean connection uh, and if you're thinking, just if you're, if you're a car nut going, wait a second, Mercedes brought back the SLS Gullwing. That was a limited production car. They only made about 2,000 of them. So I'm talking volume production. The DeLorean was volume produced. There were 9,000 DeLoreans made in the span of basically one and a half model years. Anyway, <laughs> um, Tesla is channeling the spirit of DeLorean again by becoming only the second production car, the Cybertruck, will be the second production car ever to use stainless steel for its body. The, the one before it, yes, indeed, the DeLorean. Stainless steel. It's one of the calling cards of the vehicle. The, the doors and the stainless steel. It's, it's the, like the first two things you think of when you think of the DeLorean. Stainless steel body, going doors. So again, this just... When, when, it, when Elon... When it came out and it's metal and Elon said it's stainless, it just, it warmed my heart. It really did. I, and I'm being so sincere right now. I, I think I've said this on this podcast before, but if you didn't know, John DeLorean was a guy, he was, uh, he came up as an engineer. He, you know, his, so he, like Elon, he's got an engineering, he had an engineering background. The difference is Elon's a way better businessman than John DeLorean was. But that's neither here nor there for this conversation. But John DeLorean, as he was rising through the ranks at GM before becoming the head of Pontiac and then leaving, of course, to form DeLorean Motor Company, John was all about safety. He was big on safety and elegance and thinking ahead and wanting the cars to last forever. So the DeLorean itself was very safe. Uh, and th in fact, the prototype DeLorean, as, as this Cybertruck is a prototype, 
The DeLorean prototype, which is on display now, I believe it lives in Florida, was the DSV, the DeLorean Safety Vehicle. So uh, this, there's just these bizarre... I, I just feel like if DeLorean were still alive, if John DeLorean were still around, I really, really, truly believe he would be one of Tesla's biggest fans. I wish he could see them today. I wish he could see these cars and what this company is doing. I got to believe somewhere up there he is smiling because Tesla, it's like the spirit of DMC that, you know, they, they died 40, almost 40 years ago and that it, that it now lives on in within Tesla. It's almost as if like, like Tesla is in a sense, there are, you know, there, there are some many differences of course, but in a way Tesla is almost what DeLorean would have been had it survived all about safety you know, all about uh, efficiency and performance and, and you know, uh, a cleaner future, zero emissions. So, I don't know. I just, I love it. And now, um, to get a little more back on topic, let me tell you about stainless steel. For those of you who have placed an order for the Cybertruck, um, this, I, 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 I wouldn't be so arrogant as to call myself an expert on many things, if anything, but I will say I'm very, I have 12 plus years of experience owning a stainless steel bodied car. So I have, I have a lot of life experience with this. And let me tell you, if, if you just, yeah, if you haven't really thought about this aspect of your Cybertruck yet, you are going, I can almost promise you, you are going to love the fact that your Cybertruck has a naked stainless steel skin. Uh, you don't ever wax it. It's not paint. You don't wax it. You don't need paint correction. You don't need paint protection film. You don't have to inspect it for, for faint paint finish flaws at delivery. You don't ever need to put ceramic coating on it. It is effectively, with, with love and apologies to my good friend, Jeff at Immaculate Reflections. This Cybertruck is a detailer's worst nightmare because there's just not outside of outside of vinyl wraps, which I suspect are going to be a very popular option as people learn to customize their Cybertruck to really make it their own. Uh, this car, this truck, is a detailer's worst nightmare, but it's an owner's dream. The, the stainless steel. It will never rust. It will look as good in 30 years as it does now, even if it's been left outside. Scratches, should it scratch, can be taken out of the, of the body with heavy-duty Scotch-Brite pads. Note to, note to everybody, not steel wool, because steel wool has little bits of metal in the pad that can get embedded down in the stainless, and then those bits of metal can rust, and you don't want that. So, Heavy-duty Scotch-Brite pads. Uh, so think about this. We've all seen or heard about the you know Century Mode videos shared online of of envious, jealous, or just despicable ne'er do wells who have keyed Teslas, and then the Century Mode catches them, and they are either forced to turn themselves in or they're caught by the police. Uh, the person that decides to key a Cybertruck, whether it be jealousy, envy, or some other reason. The joke's on them because you can take that scratch right out of that stainless steel 
no harm done. So uh, that gives me a lot of satisfaction. <laughs> I mean, I, I believe me, I hope none of your cars, none of your trucks get keyed. I, I'm not suggesting that. I don't, I don't want, I don't wish that on anyone. And thankfully, my DeLorean never got keyed, but I spent plenty of time over the years. Just, you know, you, if you're washing it, you might, you might get, who knows, you know, uh, you might get a little something, a little scratch from, from something. You just, boom, scotch Bright pad. Just in, in the case of the DeLorean, it's, it was brushed. So you'd, you'd, you'd go with the grain to take it out and it's gone. It's good as new. And it's, and it's great. So uh, in the case of the Cybertruck, as with the, the DeLorean, you can have any color you want as long as it's stainless steel. Uh, now, on this topic, I spoke with Franz von Holzhausen, the chief designer at Tesla, who, of course, I was lucky enough to interview just five episodes ago on 220, episode 220. And uh, I happened to be in line for my test ride, and Franz was right there, almost within arm's length. So I kind of reached out and just said, Oh, Franz, and uh, got to speak with him for a few minutes. It was nice. I got to thank him in person, you know, as a follow-up. Say, hey, thanks so much for, for doing that interview. He was very gracious, and I spoke to him for just a minute, and he told me about how small a footprint that, that the, uh, the, the Cybertruck will have as far as building it. So the amount of space needed in whatever factory this is going to get built in will be a very, very small footprint because it has no frame. It has just its exoskeleton. It is, uh, it, 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 well, and there's no, so there's, there's no assembly line and it also doesn't need to go through a paint shop. So Franz also, he talked in uh, more detail about that with Motor Trend, who, who got a huge exclusive. They got pre-briefed on the Cybertruck, which which Tesla almost never pre-briefs anybody. And there's some really good coverage up on MotorTrend.com now if you'd like to go take a look at it. they got a lot of photos, some interviews, some really good stuff. I actually haven't even finished going through it all yet because I needed to get this podcast done. Um, but anyway, MotorTrend... So Franz uh, talking to MotorTrend, and they this is MotorTrend saying, um, no paint shop, no expensive tooling, no Godzilla-scale stamping machines stomping it with multiple strikes. Without all that, the capital and environmental costs of using stainless steel body panels are small. And big attractions for a company that's sensitive to both types of green, cash, and environmentalism. Just groove the steel where it's supposed to fold, avoiding cracks, and bend it on simple, cheap machines. So the car is essentially folded, uh, as a Motor Trend phrased it, like origami. That is how it's stainless steel origami. That is how the Cybertruck will be made, which is just amazing. And it's it goes to show when you, you take a look at it and it's and it's such a bizarre looking vehicle, but it's the design working in total concert with the engineering side of things. And I think Tesla maybe didn't do as a good enough job of explaining that in the presentation, in the unveiling. Uh, but anyway, to kind of finish on the topic of stainless steel, uh, again, it's, I love, I'm such a huge fan of stainless steel. If, if I could get stainless steel body panels on my model three or the roadster, I would do it. Um, I mean, maybe the roadster, there'd be weight concerns, but it's just because it's, it's so, it's, it's so easy to care for. Um, it, and honestly, it's the, the, the stainless is my favorite part of the Cybertruck. By a lot. 
and I really think it's going to be one of your favorite parts too once you live with it. You can clean the whole car with some Windex and a roll of paper towels. You just, just spritz it on there and you just wipe it off, Windex it off, and it is clean. That's it. There's no washing. Well, you can wash it, of course, and I, I often, I mostly wash my DeLorean, but you could use Windex and you don't ever have to wax it. Now, the, the one downside, I gotta warn you about this, fair warning, it's not, it's not quite, <laughs> stainless steel isn't quite perfect. Uh, the downside is that stainless steel does, as those of you with stainless appliances will relate to, uh, the car will fingerprint easily. Uh, and I, I actually saw that as I was waiting in line at the, uh, the Cybertruck unveiling. The, the, you could see plenty of fingerprints over the car, and they had uh, some attendees there, employees, had, had um, the wipes, the um, microfiber towels to, to wipe the fingerprints off from people getting in and out of the car and touching the doors. So the thing is, uh, as I learned with the DeLorean, people will touch your Cybertruck when you are not around, possibly when you even are around. People are going to touch it because we are used to normal automotive painted cars, cars that are have paint colors on them. So there is a curiosity that, that I experienced with the DeLorean uh, about the metal itself. People are like, you know, there's just a, oh, wait, there, this isn't paint? What is this? And they'll touch it. And, you know, I am not a fan of people touching other people's cars. I think you shouldn't do that. But it's going, I'm just telling you, it's going to happen. The good news is it wipes right off. There's no permanent damage done. So you are going to come out of the grocery store, wherever you are. You're going to come out from time to time to fingerprints on your Cybertruck. But uh, stainless steel is great. I love it. I think you will too. And back to the rest of the Cybertruck's features, which was one more thing. It was the one more thing that I alluded to earlier. Elon did have a little extra surprise at the end of the presentation. And it is this. Tesla is making a two-person electric ATV, yes, a quad, that can fit in the back of the Cybertruck, and uh, it can plug in and charge while it's in the bed of the Cybertruck because there is a 110-volt and 220-volt outlet in the back of the Cybertruck, in the bed, plus there's uh, there's also a pneumatic air compressor uh, that you can plug in on board because it taps into the air suspension, the, the the dynamic air suspension system that's on the Cybertruck. So there is a lot going on with this thing. Uh, now you're you're probably wondering, well, Ryan, what do you think of it? And I'll be honest with you. And I warned, I said this might happen on last week's episode. My answer is, uh, as of today, no. I don't particularly like it. Yet. And, I, because I'll say this. I've slept on it. I've been, you know, marinating my, my thoughts on what I wanted to talk about on the podcast to, tonight. And I've been looking at, obviously, more pictures and video and just catching up on coverage because I was just... You know, I'm there in the eye of the hurricane, which I was so grateful to get to be there. And the more I look at it, like it, I will say, honestly, it has grown on me a bit, even just 24 hours later. Um, so I, I actually, I think I'm going to eventually come around on it. I acknowledge that perhaps 
that may just be the Tesla fanboy in me. I, I have to put, I, you know, I, I admit on this podcast, I'm a Tesla fanboy. That's, that's just, that's who I am. I've come at this. I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about all things Tesla. I try to be fair and I try to be critical when it's warranted. But yes, I'm a fanboy. So maybe that's part of it. But honestly, I don't think that's entirely it. Um, I, I really don't. I, the, the rest of the world now was, as you'd expect, very divided. It was polarizing, just as Elon said it would be. The stock, the Tesla stock, uh, took a, a sizable hit the next day. It was down about 20 bucks. You know, it's been on a pretty good rally lately. Went down 20 bucks, uh, which honestly, I figured it was going to either way because the market, anything besides normal, like a, just a normal looking truck, was probably going to freak Wall Street out a little bit. And this thing was, again, as Elon warned, super duper weird. So not at all surprised that the, the stock took a hit. I'll bet it bounces right back within a day or two. But because um, uh, I'll say this, I initially, if I've never, I don't, I'm sure hopefully I said this back on in 2016 after the Model 3 event, I wasn't initially sold on the Model 3's front end. You know, I'd, I'd put down my Model 3 deposit that morning the morning of the unveil, sight unseen. No, and this is my car. <laughs> I'm in. You know, there's there's nothing else out there. This is going to be it. So I was just hoping it looked great. And when it rolled out, the three prototypes and the front, I was I was like, oh, I don't know about that thing. But before long, I really came around on it. In fact, I've I totally 180. I love the front end of the Model Three now. I think it's gorgeous. I think it's a beautiful front end. I mean. Uh, do I think the Model S overall is sexier? Yeah, I mean, the, the Model S is just a stunning vehicle, particularly with the, the front-end refresh, you know, deleting the nose cone. The, the S still looks f- tremendous, in my opinion, but I love the 3, too, and, and despite being initially not quite sold on that front-end. So um, this thing is the Cybertruck. It's exactly what Elon said it was going to be, it looks like it rolled right off the set of Blade Runner. And I've warmed to it a bit, but yeah, I will say, sitting here tonight, November 22nd, 24 hours after the unveil, I would say, if you just Ryan, do you like it? No, not currently. But I like, a, I like various things about it, uh, as, as you can tell, the, the big one being the stainless steel body. I, I think... Here's, here's, let's get more into my thoughts on this. I, I feel like it's a truck designed f- for, for like the Tesla fans would like in general, as opposed to truck people that aren't already tapped into the world of Tesla. And honestly, that this is the thing that I'm having the hardest time with about the Cybertruck right now. Elon Musk started the presentation with a, uh, a little spiel about how three trucks are the best-selling cars in the United States, and those three trucks have already sold over a million and a half combined units so far in 2019. You know, we got a month and a half to go. And Elon said, well, the, that sector needs to be transitioned to sustainable energy, so we need an electric pickup truck. Okay, I'm, I totally see that. Yes, that's a great point. That's a great argument. But then they rolled out a truck that 
almost seems destined to turn a lot of people off. Maybe not. Maybe it's going to end up being a small percentage of people, but it's so out there. It's not just like all any fan render that you saw of somebody guessing of what it might look like. Every single fan render was too conservative. This thing is <laughs> this thing is so far out on the on the on the extremes that I just I'm not sure I'm I'm not quite sure how it's designed. Like I get the 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 engineering part and again that's why I feel like they should have leaned more into that, but from a sheer aesthetic perspective I I'm having trouble wondering how this will help advance the company's mission of trans transitioning the world to sustainable energy when the look of the truck might turn a lot of truck buyers off. Now, perhaps Tesla thinks uh, that, well, there's there's enough of a market where uh, we there there just there's an untapped market of people wanting an electric truck that aren't necessarily F one fifty or Silverado or Ram people, and they will go for this thing. And that may be true, but you know, if you rolled up to a job site in this truck, would you get laughed off of that job site? Maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't know that culture. I don't know that world. Then again, let's look at the other side of it. If you're, let's say you're a builder, say you're a contractor, you're a builder, you slap, you buy a cyber truck as your business truck. You slap your business name on the side of it with your website, your phone number, your business name. Guess what? You just bought yourself some serious advertising because you bought a Cybertruck. People will look at you, and a lot of people will probably think, well, wait a second, this guy's got bold tastes. If he's driving a Cybertruck around as his, his work truck, I'm going to call this guy up to talk about that bathroom renovation project that, that I've been thinking of doing, because this guy might see might have some really cool ideas if his if his work truck is this so i think it i think it could go both ways you know maybe maybe some guys some people would get would get goofed on at the job site but other people it might it might end up really helping their business uh, you know at least their their awareness the sort of you know gen- raising awareness for their business but um, so, so that's where I'm at with the exterior. I love, love, love the stainless steel. I'm not feeling the, sh- the, the, the design aesthetic of it yet. That said, I got my test ride and I love the interior of this truck. I love it. It, I think the inside of the car actually feels more cyberpunk, more Blade Runner than the outside. And in a good way, you know, you've got above your head, it's just two giant pieces of flat glass. Uh, I sat in the middle seat in the second row, which is where I wanted to sit because I wanted to see the screen, see the dash. I filmed it. Uh, you can see the you can see the interior. You can see my entire test ride video on my YouTube page. I also uh, uploaded it to uh my Instagram on the IGTV, which I'm so I'm so not as versed in Instagram that I presumably if you just go to my Instagram page you'll find it there. Um, but anyway, 
I do encourage you to take a look at that if you want to see more. Of course, you can Google. There's there's plenty of test ride videos. You don't have to necessarily look at mine, but um, I love the interior. Again, so yeah, it's the 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 f- row one, the front row, the driver and passenger have just the giant piece of flat glass sloping up over their heads, and it's it's nothing but glass above them, not unlike the Model X's uh, big sky windshield, except, of course, that windshield's curved. This one's just straight. And then it comes to a, a triangular point uh, above row one's heads, and then it starts sloping back down towards the back of the truck, and it's sloping down over row two's heads, but there's still plenty of headroom in row two, lots of headroom in row one, tons of headroom from what I can see there. And you just, you look up from sitting in row two and it looks incredible. It's just glass. It's, it's gorgeous. And then I turn, you know, turn around and you can see the, the, the stainless steel bed and, uh, it's got, I saw a, uh, the, the gorgeous dashboard featuring, and I don't know what the material is made out of. If you, if you watch my video, my test ride video, I ask and the, the, the Tesla employee that's driving won't say. He just said, oh, that's, it's something special is what he says. So it looks like, like a marble, well, or like a granite, white marble, granite, uh, fancy countertop for your, for a beautiful kitchen renovation to get back to contractors and builders. <laughs> but that's what it looks like. It looks, it's, it's beautiful. And then the steering wheel, get this, is, uh, it is a yoke in the, the same way that the Roadster's F1 style yoke is. That, and now in that car, it's a carbon fiber yoke. Like it looks like it came almost right out of an F1 race car. But the Cybertruck steering wheel, it's, it looks like basically if the Roadster's yoke and the Model 3 steering wheel had a baby. So it's, it looks like it had Model 3 style scroll wheels and more of a Model 3 kind of look and texture, uh, but, but it was a yoke. So uh, that's very interesting. I thought that was, was super duper interesting. Also, there, are no, there were no stalks. So uh, I don't know how you turn on turn signals. <laughs> and uh, in fact, the, uh, one of the one of my passengers, a woman sitting next to me, asked, and he he the driver just said, "It's it's all in here." He said it very cryptically. He did not say anything about that. So, also, how do you turn on autopilot and turn off autopilot? There's no stalk to you know double tap down to turn that on. And then the, that same uh, stalk, of course, in the, the Model 3 is used for your gear selector. That, which this makes perfect sense, the gear selection is done on the touchscreen now. So there's just P, R, N, and D on there. Now, speaking of the screen, it's a 17-inch landscape. So, you know, the, the horizontal orientation like the Model 3 and the Model Y. But a little bigger for a, because it's a bigger, wider vehicle, 17-inch, looks... Looks, you know, it's a good size, looks good, fits fits nicely in there. And the UI that they were running was totally new. It was totally different. It was gorgeous. All the major icons and things were 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 uh, sort of anchored to the left rail. And then the middle stuff, the middle was a, a really cool advanced version of of mapping. It was like a 3D kind of uh, map interface. It looked super, super neat. 
So I don't know if that's just the UI design team just playing with a concept or if that might be something that is, uh, maybe it's a sneak preview of what we might see in the future, whether it's maybe that's version 11, you know, next fall or, or something, something after that, I'm not sure, but I really, and the seats felt fine. And the, the, the sixth seat is a middle seat in the front row, which if you're not using it folds down and becomes an armrest for the, the, the front row passengers. So that was super cool. And again, I just, I love the interior. And by the way, the test ride, you know, it feels like you're, you can definitely feel like you're riding up high. Like it, it feels like you're riding in a Tesla, but it feels like it's like a, like a Tesla APC. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't feel like my model three and it's got some nice pull. You know, he, the driver hit the accelerator a little bit and, uh, the version, the prototype I, I asked in the video said, Oh, is this the dual motor version? He said, yes, it's the dual motor. It's not the tri motor. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got some nice kick to it, but it's still, yeah, you can definitely feel like you're riding up high and, and it, it's got a, a, a trucky kind of feel to it, but very love the interior, super cool. Uh, that is, is a clear winner of this thing. I, I don't think there's any doubt about, and I, and I didn't see anybody complaining about the interior. I mean, that that's for everybody that was in it. I think most people really came away very, very impressed by the interior, but it's interesting, you know, kind of in my head, I was thinking, boy, it almost feels like the Cybertruck is Elon's car. It's just like Elon unleashed, leading the charge on this thing. This is what he wanted to do. Whereas the, the next generation Roadster is like at the opposite end of the spectrum. And that feels like like Franz's baby. And I don't say that to, to uh, uh, you know, to demean one guy or the other. I'm just saying as far as their sort of thought process and their, their approach, it almost feels like that, but... Uh, I did, I actually mentioned that in a, you know, a super polite way. I wasn't, you know, wasn't trying to make it sound like, you know, one of them did a bad job at all, but I, I actually, I sort of mentioned that to Franz and he said, no, it's absolutely not the case. You know, he was super involved in both cars. Of course he's the chief designer, but it's just, yeah, you know, when you look at the two of those cars, they just could not be more different design wise. They're just, at, they're at opposite ends of the spectrum, Right. And again, I'm not saying the truck's bad and the Roadster's great, but the the Roadster is like the extreme epitome of of elegant, beautiful supercar design, like sort of more traditional, I guess, for lack of a better word. Whereas the Cybertruck is just completely out there on the opposite extreme end of the design spectrum. So just it's really cool that both of these vehicles are coming from the same company. Like there will be a day where I roll up in the Roadster next to somebody in a Cybertruck and somebody else that would see that would be like, wait, those two cars are from the same company? Yeah, they're from the same company. And I will look over at that Cybertruck driver and I hope it's one of you and I will give you a thumbs up because that will be a perfect opportunity to wave and or give a thumbs up. Um, also, in case you're curious, I know I'm talking a lot, but this is a special this is a special occasion. If you're curious, one other thing that Franz said to me is that the Cybertruck will not have any badges on it at all, not even a Tesla 
T logo on the front, uh, which you remember the, the teaser image, there was, a, there was that. So nothing, zero badges at all, which makes sense, really, if you think about it, because I don't think anybody is going to mistake the Cybertruck for a vehicle by any other manufacturer. I think it's pretty safe to, to roll without a badge on the Cybertruck. But there you go, another one more little extra bit of info from Franz. Now, I don't personally need or even want a truck. I've never been a truck guy. Uh, it, I literally could not fit this beast of a truck, because again, it is big. Like, in person, it's a big vehicle. I couldn't fit it through my narrow San Francisco garage door opening anyway, even if I wanted one. But I have to say, even though I just said that I'm currently not a fan of the design, that it's maybe growing on me, but I'm currently a no on the design. If I was in the market for a truck, I would buy this. I really would. And again, you might think, well, okay, now you're just being a Tesla fanboy. And maybe I am. Again, I acknowledge that. But here's the deal. The specs are incredible. The specifications are phenomenal, including the price. The price and the specs and the supercharger network. I mean, this thing, it's a very impressive uh, price to performance ratio. Like, it's, it's incredibly impressive. And then the one other point, too, I wanted to make about those specs is I think we can read into them a little bit. Now, this the Cybertruck's at least two years away, okay? So we acknowledge that. But I say if the, if the base Cybertruck is basically 40 grand, the Model 3 Standard Range Plus is also 40 grand today, that car is probably pretty likely to come down in price by the time the Cybertruck uh, ships. So... Uh, even though, yes, we've seen now the, the Cybertruck might be cheaper to manufacture because of the easier assembly process, smaller footprint, no paint shop, all that stuff, and the stainless steel. You know, stainless steel is not expensive. Um, but batteries. This thing is going to need a larger pack to go the same 250 miles that the standard range plus Model 3 goes because it is a big old beast of a vehicle. So... That, to me, says the, the battery costs are going to be coming down uh, in, a, in a significant enough way over the next couple of years to make a $40,000, 250-mile range Cybertruck possible. So I think we, are, we may very well be looking at price cuts in the next two years. Uh, not saying next year, but you know, in two years from now, by the time the Cybertruck is ready to start rolling out, the 250-mile range, standard range plus Model 3 uh, may very well be cheaper than $40,000, which is fantastic. And piggybacking on that, you've got the tri-motor 500-mile Cybertruck for seventy grand, which tells me that the Plaid Model S triple motor, that may very well go 500 miles as well. Because again, the, uh, the S will need... Uh, less less battery power, fewer kilowatt hours in the pack to go 500 miles than a Cybertruck, a big heavy Cybertruck will. So we might be looking at a 500 mile range Plaid S 
Which only leads me to speculate too, like if, if the battery technology is improving and if the, the Roadster ends up being all carbon fiber, which I believe it to be, I, don't, I can't prove it yet, I wonder if the Roadster is going to be set, it's going to end up being 700 miles of range by the time it comes out. I mean, it's, it, but just the point is what Tesla's doing is, is unbelievable with the battery stuff. It's, it's so great. I love it. You can't help but applaud it. And really in conclusion, speaking of applauding, I really want to say kudos to Tesla for doing this vehicle, no matter how you feel about it. Because I've heard from a lot of you guys already on Twitter and on the email and, and on Instagram. And there are plenty of you that are, that are like, nope, this thing, I'm out. This is not for me. I don't like it. There are plenty of you that, have, that I've heard from that are like, I love it. I absolutely adore it. I put in my order. I can't wait. So it is polarizing. It really is. And, and it's okay if you don't like, you can still be a Tesla fan and not like this. That, so yeah, your, your, your Tesla fan cred will not be revoked or called into question if you don't like the Cybertruck. But I want to say kudos to Tesla, even though, again, I'm currently in the no camp. But kudos, seriously, kudos to Tesla because no matter how you feel about it, the Cybertruck would not even make it off of a sheet of paper at any other car company. Okay, maybe, maybe somebody would build it as a one-off concept, but it would never, 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 never actually go into production. So good on Tesla for pushing design forward. I think that's great. I mean, look at the Model 3. There, there is an analog here. Remember when the Model 3 was unveiled, people were freaking out not unlike what's going on in some circles with the Cybertruck now, people were really just put off by the lack of an instrument cluster in front of the driver and the fact that the Model 3 interior was so minimalist and it just had the one 15-inch portrait, or excuse me, landscape-oriented screen in the car. And guess what? All that went away. All that melted away over time. Now, that Model 3 interior is not only normal for most Model 3 owners, and I include myself in this, other cars' interiors, non-Tesla cars' interiors, just feel dated and old. Uh, and, and also, the competition is starting to copy the Tesla interior. Look at the Mustang Mach-E. That interior is straight out of Tesla. Uh, and, I, and, and I'm not saying that to rip on them. I actually think the Mach-E looks pretty good. The specs seem pretty cool. And uh, hopefully it's going to be a good competitor for the Model Y and another good, viable, electric crossover SUV option. But uh, so meaning the point being Cybertruck may feel very, very normal in maybe not a week from now, maybe not a month from now, maybe not a year from now, and maybe not ever. But I think more and more, I think we're going to warm up to it. To what degree remains to be seen, but I think it will... As we adjust, because sh it's just the shock value of this thing. When it rolled out, I, I was like, oh, God, no. I, I was, my initial reaction was, was a pretty, uh, you know, emotionally violent one in, in my own head. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, but again, as I've slept on it and I'm already kind of given it, like, I'm, I'm, I'm settling in with it. So we'll see what happens. Now, um, my final thought on this, because I'm talking an insanely long time, is, is this. Uh, I think this is probably 
and this is not a bad thing, but just an observation. I think this is likely to be the last product unveiling that Tesla does for quite a while. Uh, and as such, again, I'm just extremely grateful that I got to attend. So I just want to express my gratitude to the to the to the gods who the, the who showered me with an invite, the Tesla gods, uh, the mis the mysterious email invite sending Tesla gods. But I uh, with the the fact is now with the Cybertruck revealed, Tesla has more vehicles that are announced but not yet in production than they do have vehicles that are in production. They've got four vehicles, five if you count the ATV, <laughs> that aren't in production yet. Model Y, Semi, Roadster, and Cybertruck, and then, as a bonus, the ATV. And of course, they're producing SEX. So uh, there's a lot on Tesla's plate. I don't anticipate uh, there will be another unveiling event to attend for quite some time. Maybe Tesla will prove me wrong. But the good news is... With all those vehicles on the way, there should be plenty of launch parties to, to celebrate new vehicles coming out over the next couple of years. So what do you guys think? Did you order one? Uh, would you have, but you hated it? Maybe did you not plan to, but you did order it because you turned out to love it? I would love for you to call in. Again, a friendly reminder to keep it to 90 seconds or less, if you please. Uh, in fact, I think, yeah, well, I'll, I mean, I'll do a few calls here. I've got some time. I can do a few calls. Maybe not the, the same number I, I usually do because I'm already talking so long, but I'll give you the call and information and the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. This week, Ride the Lightning is brought to you by Tesmanian and their Model 3 soft cooler and floor mats. The Tesmanian soft cooler fits perfectly into the Model 3's rear trunk well or the Model X frunk. It holds up to 52 cans of beverages without ice packs or 30 to 40 with ice, holding temperature up to 48 hours with ice or the three included ice packs. The cooler has a heavy-duty nylon shell, sturdy closed-cell insulation, and is made with eco-friendly, non-toxic, odorless, and recyclable materials. Meanwhile, their custom-made Model 3 floor mats are sturdy and durable, 300% more temperature-resistant than normal PVC. They've got a deeply molded tread pattern that channels all spills, stains, dirt, mud, and snow away, and they're non-toxic, BPA-free, and 100% odorless. Order either or both today at testmanian.com. That's testmanian.com, T-E-S-M-A-N-I-A-N.com. All right, it is time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, although I see that I'm already over an hour for the show, so I want to be respectful of your time. I'm also, quite frankly, exhausted. <laughs> I didn't get a ton of sleep. I had to get up from my morning flight back. I'm ready to pass out. So uh, in both of those interests, I'll do uh, two, maybe three phone calls and then, uh, and then wrap the show up for this week. But before I do, I'll tell you about how to call in on the Ride the Lightning Hotline because I'd love to hear from you. As I said at the end of that last segment, I'm sure you'll want to call in. I invite you to, to talk Cybertruck. Next week, we've got the holiday-shortened week in the U.S., so it is entirely possible, especially after a big event like the Cybertruck event, that it might be pretty quiet in Tesla uh, news next week. So we can dedicate plenty of the show to talking Cybertruck, and I can hear from you guys to hear what you think about it. So 
Two easy ways to call in. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record me a 90-second or less question or comment, and email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can do the same thing, 90-second or less question, comment, discussion topic, but you can just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline itself. That toll-free number is one 888 989-8752. That's one 989 tsla And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's go down to Joe in Australia. Sent this in before the Cybertruck event about what he thought and uh, has sort of what what could happen in the wake of the Cybertruck unveil as that truck marches towards production. Go ahead, Joe. Hi, Ryan. Joe here from Australia again. I have a comment and a question for you. With the Tesla truck reveal coming up, I can't help but think that we may be entering a watershed moment for the US market. I believe the styling will be impressive. It would be unlike Tesla to produce a design that is way outlandish, maybe in spite of what Elon has been saying, although I do expect it to look different to what we have come to expect from the big three. More importantly, I feel that this truck is well received and they take reservations that rocket into the hundreds of thousands or range like they did with the Model 3 that will send a shiver down the spine of the major truck makers. If that happens, it could send a confirmation message that Tesla is the disruptor that they have dreaded. The way I look at it is, if only 10% of the existing truck market is open to considering an EV truck as an option right now, that is still a potential 250,000 sales per year opportunity. Also, if the average battery is maybe 120 kilowatt hours, even at 100,000 units per year, that would need 12 gigawatt hours of battery supply. And this on top of the Model Y starting next year, which will be an even bigger demand on battery supply. Maybe 300,000 units a year, 60 kilowatts each, 18 gigawatts. On these numbers, Tesla will need to double existing Nevada Giga One factory production in less than three years. Should be a walk in the park, don't you think? They have already doubled in the last two years just getting the three out. And this is exponential growth on a scale that is difficult for a lot of people to comprehend. Sure going to be a fun situation to watch. Interested to know your thoughts on how they might do that? And where is your pick for the truck factory location? Keep up the good work. Thank you. Joe, you make a good point about Tesla as a disruptor. The Model S came for the full-size premium sedan market. And guess what? Car makers ignored Tesla. And then what happened? The Model S ate the lunch of the, the S series, the 7 series, and the A8. Then the Model X came for their luxury SUVs, and it has indeed taken a pretty sizable chunk out of that market. And then they ignored Tesla still. Then the Model 3 came. And the Model 3 is uh, has been and continues to sell like crazy, and the car company said, eh, sedans are a declining market anyway. But the why? The why is going to be a real reality check for these other automakers. And the Cybertruck, you know, I know I talked a ton about it, and its, it's design is controversial, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But it's got a chance, with its specs alone, 
to really make them wake up and take notice. So, uh, also to answer your question, I think the truck, even needing a smaller footprint, as I, as I mentioned that Franz had told me while I waited in line for my ride, I still think that that won't change the fact that the, there isn't any room in Fremont to do this. I think the truck is going to be done out of the Gigafactory in Reno. I think the semi-truck is likely to be done there as well, simply because there's endless room for, for all intents and purposes, right? There is endless room, and they wouldn't have to transport batteries or drivetrains if they were to build them right on site at Gigafactory 1. So we shall see. Let me go down now to Scott in Austin wants to talk Model Y. Go ahead, Scott. Hey, Ryan. This is Scott Buckholz from Austin, Texas. have a quick question about the Model Y. On the last podcast, you mentioned that the EPA has updated its range estimates for all versions of the Model 3. Standard range plus, dual motor, all-wheel drive, long range, dual motor, all-wheel drive, long range performance. I understand that the entire drivetrain on the Model Y is the same as the Model 3. So I had the question, have you heard of any EPA updates on the range estimates for the Model Y? Or do you expect range estimates for the, for the Model Y? Thank you very much. I appreciate your help. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Hey, Scott, this is an excellent point to bring up. It's not currently reflected on the Model Y design studio, but you are absolutely right. They share batteries and drivetrains, and so any efficiency gains in the Model 3 should also be reflected in the Model Y. Expect those numbers to update, but my bet is that Tesla won't even bother doing so until just prior to release of the Y for a few reasons. One, they don't want to have anybody considering the 3 and the Y and decide to wait. They do want people to buy a Model 3 now. Number two, there may be more gains coming between now and next summer when the Y goes into production. You know, for all we know, we don't know, maybe. And three, if they save that announcement, they save that little move for right as the cars are about to start delivering, it's a really good bit of PR for Tesla right as the Model Y starts getting ordered in droves, as just the floodgates open, they start to hit the market, word starts to get around, and the order rate is, is going to increase by quite a lot. And by the way, how about a bonus reason? Customers that have pre-ordered the Model Y, I mean, I know you've, you've officially ordered it, not, it's, it's an order, not a pre-order, but uh, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's both, right? It is a real order, but it's also a pre-order. But anyway, customers that, that have put in orders for it will be extra happy right as they're asked to confirm and lock in their orders the, you know, with some good news. So I think uh, I, th that's the case I'm laying out. I don't know if you agree with me or not. Let's hear from Pete from outside of Philadelphia asking about tires. You're on the air, Pete. Hey, Ryan, it's Pete from just outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thanks so much for the podcast. It's really great to listen to. Thanks for the effort it must take to make it all happen. I know you have a lot of experience with tires, and that's what my question is about. I have a 2018 long-range all-wheel drive Model 3 that has about 15,000 miles on it. I was surprised last week at my annual car inspection that my tire tread depth was anywhere between four and six millimeters. 
I've done some research online and it seems like there are a variety of factors that go into why the Tesla tires wear so quickly, be it the weight of the car, regenerative braking, aggressive driving style, or other factors. I am not a particularly spirited driver, but I do utilize the regenerative braking. I wanted to get your opinion and perhaps the other listeners' opinion on rapid tire wear and if there are ways to curtail it. It certainly seems like replacing four tires every 20,000 miles, especially the original equipment tires on the Model 3, would cut into the cost of ownership, which is certainly one of the draws of an electric vehicle. I look forward to what you have to say about this. Thanks again for the podcast. Take care. Well, Pete, I'm presuming that you've got the 19-inch sport wheels. The 18-inch tires should not wear that quickly. Still, it's true. These are heavy cars with a lot of power behind them. They do eat through tires more quickly than other cars, it seems. But I will give you two optimistic comments. First, you can try upping the PSI in your tires by a couple of pounds. That can help a little bit. And second, with the Model 3 getting the world's attention now, I mean, it is just, it's a global phenomenon at this point, especially as it, it has started delivering in more and more territories, right-hand drive territories. Anyway, you can bet that plenty of tire manufacturers, they've got to be working on tires for the Model 3 because it's just a huge market to tap into and one that's only going to get bigger as time goes on, particularly since the Model Y uses the exact same tires and wheels. So surely, again, I don't actually know, but surely some of those tire manufacturers are going to start to offer some uh, new options, including hopefully some of them will be you know, higher tread rating options so that the tires do last longer. Thank you very much, uh, Pete. Thank you to so just doing three calls this week because we're already so long on time. I'll get to everybody else next week along with your Cybertruck reactions. So do call in. I would love to hear from you. And uh, we'll get back to the Ride the Lightning hotline next week. For now, quick little musical break. Come right back with your pro tip of the week and then some parting thoughts for you right after this. Well, real quick, as far as what I've been up to with my car this week, uh, I added even more paint protection film to my car this week. Believe it or not, it is it is possible. I took it to Immaculate Reflections and uh, worked with Jeff there, and we, I had the door sills done, the door jams, uh, specifically the back ones. Uh, he Although he ended up doing the Model 3 plates that are in the, the front row on the door sills as well just to keep those from getting scratched but really it was all about the back ones because as I've been putting Daisy in and out of the car I've noticed just some little surface scratches in the in the paint in the door jams as she kind of hops in and out so I thought well you know what why don't I ask Immaculate Reflections about protecting that and sure enough he could took it right in and and uh, he did his meticulous, awesome work. You can't even see it, really, that it's there. And, and now that's nice and protected uh, for, for the lifetime of the car of, uh, and the lifetime of Daisy of, of hopping in and out of there. So very happy to have that extra little bit of protection in to help keep my Model 3 looking 
as beautiful as possible for as long as possible. The pro tip of the week this week comes to us from Joe in Michigan, and this one is Model 3 related. Go ahead, Joe. Hey Ryan, this is Joe from Michigan. It's been a long time since I've called. I have a tip of the week that applies to the Model 3 specifically. I don't know if it applies to the other two cars. Uh, if you are sitting in, let's say sitting in traffic, you have good lane lines, but you're not moving, you're just sitting uh, at stop and go, you're currently stopped, and you want to enable autopilot. Uh, normally you can't do that. It's just not there. You try to enable it. It doesn't work But if you put the car in hill hold meaning that you push hard down on the brake The little H shows up on the screen and the car will just it'll just sit there even if you've got creep turned on uh, If you're in hill hold mo mode, then you can turn on autopilot even when the car is not moving Interesting Joe because I find that autopilot is willing to turn on the you know, little wheel icon pops up on the screen anywhere that it's got good lane lines. I sit and stop and go San Francisco traffic on my way into work every day, and I, I always leave autopilot on as I'm coming off the freeway onto the surface streets there and just let it do its work in those situations. You know, I always have to keep a very close eye on it in uh, as it's going through the intersections, but it usually holds and works pretty well. But thank you for that. And that means we have come to the end of another episode. I want to start by mentioning uh, that, you know, recently the topic of uh, dash cam and sentry mode setups, you know, the a lot, everybody's USB drives have been corrupting lately. You know, we've got the rear camera feed and all the reading and the writing that's going on these USB drives, the USB sticks specifically that uh, is, you know, th th they're not meant for. So I was telling you about the setup that, I ordered uh, with the SD card and the, the USB adapter that a listener had recommended. Well, a lot of people have been writing to me asking, well, what's the one you got again? What'd you get? Well, it turns out that, that someone in the Tesla community has put together a turnkey plug-and-play solution, pre-formatted and ready to go, Pure Tesla is the name of this outfit. So if you go to puretesla.com slash RTL... You can order their kit if you'd like to. It's $49 for the 128-gig kit and $69 if you'd prefer the 256-gig kit. And it is a, an SD card, a micro SD, that goes into a USB adapter. So you are writing to that micro, micro SD that's, that's better built for it. It is effectively, it is what I have and, and recommended, but just in a, in a pre-bundled kit, which is nice as it comes... It comes fully formatted and ready to go for Tesla Cam, and it's totally plug-and-play straight from the package into your Tesla. Works with Mac, works with PC, and they ship anywhere worldwide, including free shipping anywhere in the U.S. So if you are interested in that for your dash cam slash sentry mode needs, go to puretesla.com, P-U-R-E, puretesla.com slash RTL. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, giving them a couple shout outs this week, but as a reminder, they've got their big Black Friday deal still going, limited quantity though. And I know there are only, a f I don't know how many are left, but I know at least a couple have been, have been taken, have been claimed already and used since I was there and talking to Jeff last weekend. So big discount if you do full body paint protection film. So if you go the whole nine yards and do your whole car, there is a substantial discount. Uh, if you'd like to learn more, 
contact Jeff, visit the website irdetailing.com. There is also still the $100 off discount if you do uh, you know, partial paint protection film like the front end or a ceramic coating package. So uh, some good stuff happening over at Immaculate Reflections. Check them out. Uh, let's see, you can email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, same handle for both, DMC underscore Ryan. As I said, I've been very active on both of those lately. I guess I'm always active on Twitter, although not always about Tesla stuff there. There's a lot of video game stuff on my Twitter, but my Instagram is all Tesla all the time. So you can take a look at lots of photos that I took from the Cybertruck event and all kinds of other Tesla stuff on there. If you're interested, the... Uh, wireless charging pad in the Model 3. If you've got, if that is of interest to you, a wireless charging pad for your key, uh, excuse me, Qi compatible uh, wireless charging smartphone, you can grab that using my referral link from Jada. You can get it at getjada.com slash ref slash eight. That's also works. You can, you can order if you're interested the, uh, the USB hub as well that adds some extra USB ports it's a beautiful, nice, flush fit in the the right on the back wall of your Model 3's center console. Uh, and finally, the Patreon. I am on Patreon. You can find more information about my Patreon at patreon.com slash teslapodcast. Uh, it explains, you know, the different tiers you can pledge to if you're interested in what little perks and bonuses you get at each of those tiers. So, if you feel that I've earned your support today, tomorrow, maybe think, you know, next week, holidays coming up next year, just put the thought in your mind. And if you decide sometime, hey, you know what? I would like to support Ryan's efforts here. You can learn more and support on that Patreon page. And on that note, I will conclude uh, with not only a shout out to all the Patreon producers, but a quick happy birthday, courtesy of his wife, uh, Dustin in North Bend, Washington. Happy birthday, Dustin. I hope you have a good one. And so, yes, the Patreon producers, the newest Patreon producer, thank you so much, Richard Folkers. I really appreciate your support, along with Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Michael Waddell, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Larry Lynch, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, E.V. Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, and Chase Cabanillas. Thank you all so very much for supporting my efforts on this podcast via Patreon. And with that, I bid you adieu for a very busy, very uh, significant week in the world of Tesla. If you're not already subscribing to this podcast, you can do so for free on any of the major podcast services. As I always remind you, that just mean all that means is if you subscribe, 
The podcast will be pushed out to you each time there's a new episode, which is every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern time, rather than you having to remember, oh yeah, it's Sunday, I should go download Ride the Lightning. So subscribe on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher, or you can get it via TuneIn, which is, uh, you know, TuneIn has a website, but TuneIn's also in your Tesla. That's uh, it's the TuneIn service there, so you can listen to the show in your car. I'm also on Spotify and YouTube as well. No video on YouTube other than like the, you know, I posted my test ride video, but the show itself, it's just an, a syndication of the audio. But if you'd prefer to listen to it on YouTube, you can do that. All right. Happy electric motoring, my friends. I can't wait to hear what you all thought about Cybertruck. Talk about that next week in the, the Thanksgiving week, so it'll give us some, some good material to chew on in the in the holiday week. So uh, until then, I wish you uh, all a happy Thanksgiving, all of my American listeners. Hope you have a wonderful, happy, healthy, safe Thanksgiving, and hopefully a, a, you'll you'll uh, have a full belly and a and a happy a happy time with friends and family. I plan to do the same, and I will see you back here next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.